Hello and welcome to the real number four of the usual's real reviews where we discuss the news, rumors, and trailers of our favorite and upcoming movies. I'm your host Will and with me is my hetero life mate Marshall. What up? <laughs> so uh, imagine you are having a frosty beverage in your favorite theater as we turn down the house lights and start the show. I'm amped. I am too. What is uh, what is it you are drinking today my friend? Oh dude, I, <laughs> thanks for asking, thanks to John Skeen, I'm drinking Goose Festivity Ale. I'm a little late for... Uh... You know, festivities, I think. It just gives it a little extra time to ferment. But look, man, I, you know, I feel like it's been a long week. I'm back to work. And I think this is, um, it's festive. I haven't actually tried it yet. So, uh, dark fruit malt flavors. It's from Goose Island Brewing Company, which I like their stuff. It's 7.7. So let's see. Very cool. I am uh, drinking mm-hmm. Oaken Barrel mm-hmm. Brewing Company's Knobbone, um Pale Ale. And it's out of uh, Greenwood, Indiana. And, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a nice little crisp taste and I, and I enjoy it and, uh, don't see what the, uh, let me just tell you, there's not a lot of labeling on that, but this, oh, I read the back caramel and dark fruit malt flavors. Uh, it's, uh, this is festive. I'm really literally enjoying this. Caramel, huh? Caramel. I'm going to have to take a little sample. Nope. Just kidding. Try it. I hate you. So anyway, here we are. And, uh, I'm excited to be here, dude. Uh, it, like I was saying, it's it's been kind of a long week, and honestly, oh, I'm glad to be recording again. That hits you right in the taste buds. Right in the buds. Right in the buds. Yeah, I'm excited to be recording, too. Um, we've got a little bit of news to talk about this week, a little bit of fun stuff. Uh, we actually have some movies to review. Um, some are a little old, some are not movies, and uh, then we've got quite a few trailers to talk about, so let's get right into it. Yes, let's. Um, a couple of, uh, you know, a little bit of casting news. It looks like Jeremy Renner. Uh, is uh, going to be starring in a Rocky Marciano biopic. I don't know what that means. Uh, Rocky Marciano is a famous boxer from the... Oh, Rocky. Yep, got it. Not Rocky, Rocky. Rocky but... No, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. Heard of it. And um, yeah, you know, with with Creed coming out this year, I think it's uh, cool they're they're going back to the well on, on boxing. I mean, it's always a, a good wealth of uh, story content, so... Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, one of the funniest things I saw, saw this year was in the wake of The Martian um, that... Some blogger had decided to figure out how much money, um, in yeah. film terms it would have that it cost to save Matt Damon all these times. I forgot you had told me about this, and I'm looking at this bullet point. I was like, "What is he talking about?" But yes, go ahead, continue. So you know, you think about it, and Matt Damon has been saved in The Martian. Yeah, he was saved in Interstellar. Well, thanks for spoiling the end of the movie. I haven't seen it yet, but I already knew that. Continue. Uh, well, they they attempt to save him. In all these movies. Okay. The Martian, Interstellar, Saving Private Ryan, Titan AE, Courage Under Fire, all these movies he's been saved in. And so uh, it's kind of funny that they, the real world budgets to, to f- perform all these savings uh, roughly comes up to about $900 billion. That's a lot of money. It is a lot of money. And nobody... I mean, look, obviously, if he was the same character and he'd be saved that many times... Mm. Might be getting into a bit of a problem. All right, I think that's some fan fiction that needs to be written. Right? Like it's the same character in every movie, just by a different name. Maybe he's a, maybe well, he's not immortal. Hmm. Vampire? Uh, space vampire. Nice, nice. Continue. All right, um, we got a, another little bit of uh, news. Uh, they're doing a Charlie's Angels reboot, and they officially get their writer and director. Uh, the writer is Evan Spilatopoulos. I have no idea how you were going to say that. Who I'm guessing is Greek. And he, Just a guess. <laughs> and uh, he's uh, most recently known for writing uh, the uh, Dwayne Johnson uh, version of Hercules. Oh, cool. Very nice. Um, and then also uh, Elizabeth Banks is tied to it now. And, you know, she's, of course, known for she was in 40-Year-Old Virgin. She played Effie in the Hunger Games movies. But, uh, I like her. Her directorial debut was uh, Pitch Perfect 2, which I thought she knocked out of the park. Cool. So, uh, so yeah, let's hope she does that. Um, also, uh, Christoph Waltz, who most recently has been Inspector, as the big bad in- Inspector. Oh. Um, it looks like he wants to come back and do two more Bond films as long as Daniel Craig is on board. And as Didn't we he already all, say he's not doing it? Well, Daniel Craig says he wants to get out. He's on contract, I think, for one more. Yeah. But he th- I think he wants to get out of it. But, you know, if Christoph Waltz wants to work with you, maybe you might be convinced, especially since... I still haven't seen Spectre, so I'm just guessing that he is that he's Blofeld, um, because that's who runs Spectre. Right. We should watch that. Yeah, we should, we definitely should. Um, well, I have a question. If you're Daniel yes. Craig and you, well, we've talked about this a little bit, I think, but he, obviously he's uh, he probably wants to do other things. He's doing very well as Bond. 
Yeah, he, but he has to be making good money. Oh, absolutely. But right? the the thing is, is when you have such an iconic character that you are in, that's not just yours. I mean, it's mm-hmm. not like Daniel Craig and Harry Potter, where it's synonymous. Yeah, I got you. Because um, there's other actors that go along with that role. Exactly. It yeah. becomes an albatross around your neck. Yeah. I mean, as we've seen with Brosnan and Connery. Yeah, that's and, a good point. Yeah, it's just, uh, you know, sometimes you just outlive what you want to do with the role. Good point. So, right. Next. Uh, Natalie Portman has been cast in uh, a biopic of Jackie Kennedy Onassis. Ooh. And the first image has uh, come out, and uh, she looks phenomenal in the role. I like and Portman. so I'm excited for this. Um, yeah, I, it'd be cool. Like I, you know, you're the history buff out of the two of us. And personally, I mean, I'd like to know, I know stuff about that time period and all that kind of stuff, but I would really like to see something like this modernized and kind of get the whole, the, all the lay of the events that it went yeah, on. Because almost everything you see, um, regarding, uh, Jackie is in relation to the Kennedys. Yes. Um, which is completely understandable. I mean, she's going to be tied to them throughout history, but you know, she had a life before and she had a life after. It just makes me wonder how much they're going to actually cover too, because obviously the picture they showed is, uh, her in her Kennedy time, right? When she's right. with, when she's with, uh, uh, Jack Kennedy. Um, but you know, she went on to marry, you know, Aristotle Onassis, who's, you know, a Greek tycoon and, you know, they had Christina and who's one of the richest kids in the world. Okay. Um, but then she had the uh, the big thing with um, Larry Flint oh, um, and Hustler magazine, right? Hustler, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. he basically saved that magazine by printing nude pictures of her that were taken on some beach or whatever. And so, I mean, it just makes me wonder if they're going to go to that. So, yeah, yeah it'll be wonder. kind of interesting. Um, Joss Whedon has actually come out and wait. Are you proposing Portman might be nude in this movie? Uh, no, I'm joking. Continue. Although I think she has. No, hasn't I don't it? think so. Anyways, uh, Joss Whedon has come out and confirmed that he's no longer working on the MCU, not even as like a overlord uh-huh. showrunner sort of thing. I mean, if this is again, it can be an that albatross thing, around yeah. your neck. Um, and the Russo brothers are kind of taking control and they're phenomenal. No, they're, they're um, killing especially it. since they've actually come out this week and I didn't put this in the show notes, but they've come out this week and it looks like Infinity Wars is going to be bringing the, Marvel Universe together. So the oh, wow. big hint about that is that the Guardians of the Galaxy are going to be joining in with the Infinity War, which makes uh, sense I'm considering in. it's about the Infinity Gauntlet. Right. And they deal with Thanos. And they we're talking about Thanos and blah, blah. Yeah. yeah that's, so that's it's kind of hard not to have them involved. If you do, then it's a big plot hole in the whole Marvel Universe. Well, for sure. Um, we've got a couple little Kevin Smith news things here. Kevin Smith uh, has come out and said that he is completely on board with Deadpool. Yeah. And that it could be the best film ever. I, a little bit of hyperbole there, but... But look, man, and I've been talking about Deadpool for weeks and weeks and weeks now. I cannot believe it's only next month. I know, until right? Until it comes out. And, excuse me, I don't know when our theater's getting it. I imagine they're going to get it when it comes out. And I'm going the first showing. This is going to be... Oh, yeah. This is going to be Star Wars style for me. I've... I'm I'm still catching up. I'm reading the new Deadpool comic run. Um, I've got some back issues to read, but I've read a lot of the Deadpool that's out there. And it's... It, I mean... To say it's my favorite comic is a bit of an understatement. Like, as well, far as the humor... It kind of helps you being able to catch them on the, the whole back catalog, considering it's only been around since, like, the early 90s. Well, but that's... But I'm just saying, like... It's not it, like you're reading back to the 60s. Yeah, it's like, if I was like, oh, let me read all the Captain America, I'd be like, oh, God. Okay, you that would go I mean? back to, like, the 40s. But that's what I mean. Like, it's nothing that daunting, but, you know, I've read, um, you know, Merc with a Mouth and all these things, and, and you know, Deadpool versus the uh, Marvel Universe and Deadpool versus Thanos, and I'm reading Deadpool versus Carnage right now, and, like... And then there's the uh, Deadpool core, and then the most recent one. But I'm the whole I'm, Deadpool against the Marvel universe. And- oh my god, it's so good. So the point is, is that I am super amped for this movie. Uh, I think from what I can tell from the trailers and the viral videos and all that, it's it's it, they're really gonna kill the character, like not kill the character, but really nail the character in the right. fact of especially breaking the fourth wall, turn the audience and saying. Uh, hey, what's up? And we talked about this in the last show about him being aware that he's being played by Ryan Reynolds yeah. and then making fun of the fact that Ryan Reynolds was, uh, the Green Lantern. I think that's freaking hilarious. Exactly. So, so yeah, I'm really looking forward to it as well. Uh, they've also released the, uh, the first cover of the Spider-Man Deadpool comic that's going to be coming out, what, next month? Uh, I think so. So yeah, lots of stuff to look forward to. But also, uh, just today it was been announced that Kevin Smith is, uh, going to be directing an episode of The Flash. Oh my God. And I didn't see this, but oh my God, dude. Like, 
In the last uh, few uh, Fat Man on Batman's um, utility belts have been about he, him gushing, loves it. gushing over the Flash. He never thought he'd see a day where he sees King Shark and Reverse Flash and all these things that are – and Gorilla City and all this yep. stuff. And he's so amped about it. And to hear him talk about it, I mean, seriously, hours of him telling Mark Bernard and how much he loves the show – after the entire population of the internet telling him, why are you not watching this show? Especially you know? since he's always been a huge Flash fan. Exactly. But uh, if you go to the, the new Kevin Smith YouTube channel, one of the first videos he posted was him watching the finale of oh the first God. season. He just cries the whole time. Dude, he's a bubbling fat man. And oh, it's yeah. awesome. It's amazing. So I'm excited. I cannot wait for that episode. Um, That's almost like we were talking about um, uh, Lord of the Rings, dude. Uh, directing Doctor Who. We were talking about that a few weeks ago. Oh, yeah. Um, um, Peter Jackson. Peter Jackson. Yeah. So, I mean, stuff like that makes me excited. You know? Yeah. So, go ahead. Well, it's all, it's, and, you know, Kevin Smith is not, this isn't his first four rated TV. I mean, you remember no. uh, the short lived show Reaper that came out? He was one of the creators and he directed oh, yeah. the first uh, pilot for it. Cool. Which Reaper was a great show and I was a little disappointed it didn't last, but. I never watched it, but no, check it out. Seriously, it's totally your style of show. No, I'm sure. Um, so definitely check it out. Uh, Will Smith, because uh, you know he's in the news a lot for a couple of things right now. Uh, first of all, concussion and is his uh, crazy ass son. But yeah, well, continue. Yeah, skip Jaden, son and daughter. Uh, uh, he's getting uh, good critical reviews for concussion, and yeah. he's of course nominated for a Golden Globe. Um, but you know when the do you think he's going to win it? No, because he's up against. Um... Stallone and everybody else. No, right? well, Stallone's up for supporting, so they're not in the same. Oh, category. that's right. He's up for best actor. Yeah, he's up for best actor. But um, uh, the more and more I hear about Revenant, that DiCaprio knocked it out of the park. Okay, I'm gonna have to go. It's playing in our local theater. We should go check that out. Absolutely. I mean, I hear uh, the thing about uh, Inaratu directed it used completely natural lighting, so that's gonna make it look so realistic. I have an on mic idea. We go see Revenant after our little uh, party deal later. Oh, I'm so on board with that. Uh, although the Golden Globes are tonight. Oh, um, I but I, it is tonight. But okay. I can't watch it live unless mm. I were to watch it here. But uh, that's not happening. Mm, yeah, I could record it for you. All right. So, um, <laughs> ah, this is great. Continue. Continue. <laughs> um, so, anyway, so uh, yes, I definitely want to see the Revenant. Um, DiCaprio has already been nominated for I think five Oscars. And every single one of them are brilliant, brilliant performances, but he just keeps going up against. He goes, every time he goes up, it, there's another performance out there that's just ridiculous. Exactly. Like, I mean, uh, he was great in, uh. I remember there was a movie he was up for and I was all about him winning it. And I can't remember who won it because I wasn't as stoked by that person, but I don't keep track of this stuff as well, but. Yeah. I mean, he's. Go all the way back to what's eating Gilbert Grape, and oh, he's a yeah. great actor. Oh, or Basketball Diaries. Oh, yeah, very good. Yeah, you know, good actor. You know, for years, good actor. And he, I mean, he's gonna get his award sometime. I mean, even if it has to be John Wayne style, getting one for True Grit late in his career. Oh, who cares, dude? Get it's, it. Yeah, he's gonna get it sometime. Um, but anyways, back to Will Smith. Uh, you know, of course, the Independence Day trailer came out, and we'll talk about that a little bit in uh, trailers uh, for Resurgence. And in it. You can see a kind of a, a CNN style news tracker at the bottom, and it says that Will Smith's character died in uh, a training ac- accident. Oh, so, so he was training like the next breed of the first of the the, of the hybrid new deals. jets, yeah. Okay, and so he died, and so his character's dead. It's kind of a lame way to go out. It is, and it turns out Will Smith has come out and said that he's bummed that his character is dead because the, he. Of course, was the main star to come out of that. Oh, absolutely. And they've been asking for years to come back and do it, but he's just always been so busy and they can never fit in until finally. And yet somehow they got him to do Suicide Squad, which I find very interesting. Yeah. And so it's just, it's, yeah, we'll see, but it's. Maybe that's just a timing thing, you think? Yeah. I mean, it's so hard to get Harrison Ford to do movies because they're, they're booked years in advance. For sure. All right. Um, so in the uh, X-Men Apocalypse trailer, uh, it looks like they're starting to tease a possibility of them going forward into the Dark Phoenix Saga. That's badass. It is badass, because Dark Phoenix Saga is probably the best X-Men storyline. Um, 
If I'm not mistaken, they touched on it in the animated series as well. They did. Well, they definitely touched on it in in X Men Two. Okay, yeah, because I oh that's right, that's what I'm because thinking she of. is reborn as the Phoenix there, but they don't mention it being the Phoenix really. I I'm, it's been so long since I've watched the animated, and that's what I fell in love with the animated right. series back in the day. But I mean, I I, ha- I I'm pretty sure that they mentioned it. Yeah, and if you read the comics at all, uh, the Phoenix is actually a separate entity. That kind of takes over these people. So Jean right. Grey is the Dark Phoenix at one point, but also I believe Rogue is the the Phoenix at one point. Sounds about right. So a few different things. So it's really interesting that they're going to delve into that. And um, I believe her name was Sophie Turner something, who is playing the young Jean Grey in the new movie. That's the uh, Sansa Stark, right from um, from Game of Thrones. I believe so. But yeah, I'm again head. still back in season one of Game of Thrones. Oh so. my god, dude. Yes. Let me double check, but I'm pretty sure you can you continue to talk. Yeah, so um but evidently she's just knocking it out of the park. She's getting rave reviews for playing Jean Grey and um you know, be taking it over from Fomka Johnson is you know, big shoes to fill. But um also not only that, but the, the woman playing uh the, the young storm yeah, is it's Sophie Turner. Yeah, uh, is she played Sansa Stark in, in Game of Thrones. Yeah, and um, who's playing Storm? Oh, and uh, Alexandra Ship. Yeah, those what two. Was she in? Uh, those two are getting rave reviews for their performances. I'm trying to remember. Oh, she looks so familiar. What was she in the recently that I saw? I think Alvin she was in Chip Straight Out of Compton. She was in Straight Out of Compton. Some, I feel like there was something I saw her in, but maybe I was tripping. Uh, but evidently, those two are just knocking out of the park. So. I'm excited for them. Dude, I think that's going to be the title of the, the episode. Knocking it out of the park? Knocking it out of the park. Knocking it out of the park. Um, so anyways, I, we're, like you said, with Kevin Smith, you know, not believing that King Shark is on right. TV and everything. I mean, right. we're in a world where this year we're seeing the birth of the Justice League. We're seeing the Suicide Squad. And I was, we're seeing Deadpool. We're seeing Apocalypse. We're seeing two Star Wars movies in 12 months. We're, I mean, I can't even tell you, dude, like I was actually listening to Kevin Smith talking to Bernard and, and their last, they, you know, I watch, sometimes I watch YouTube videos, but I usually listen to the podcast as right. well. And he, towards the end of the episode, they were talking about the geek news. They were talking about their top 10 movies, you know, uh, of 2015. And really at the end, one of them, I think it was Smith said, you know, what a time to be alive. What a time to be, exactly. this to, is a especially to be alive to be and be a geek. Exactly. It's amazing. So anyway. Um, no, we don't get excited about this stuff at all. Not at all. <laughs> it's like not like we have a podcast. And on uh, okay, on our last episode of uh, on the last episode of Real Reviews, last episode of Real Reviews. <laughs> okay, every time I I talk like, like that, that, it makes me think of the Californians from oh, SNL. <laughs> what are you doing here? Um, anyways, we talked about how Transformers is uh, being picked up for at least, I think, three or four more movies. Mm-hmm. But Michael Bay has confirmed that he is directing Transformers 5, but it will be the last one he will be directing. Um, hmm. Well, I haven't watched last two or three. Um, They're pretty much Michael Bay films. And you know this is so I'm not broken up over this, but at no, the same it's time, so it's like disappointing because Michael Bay has become almost a caricature of himself. Of himself, yeah. Because he started off with such good. I mean, he did The Rock. He did um, Bad he, Boys. He did Face Off too, didn't he? No, that was John Woo. No, no, no. Yeah, that was John Woo. Who did um? Was the Rock? What was the other one he did that I really liked? The Rock. What was the other one you just said? Bad Boys. Bad Boys. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Bad Martin Boys. Lawrence. That's one of my favorite movies. Exactly. Um. But, you know, he just became a doing Michael Bay to be Michael Bay. Right. And, actually, you know, uh, Epic Rap Battles of History, their season four, I think, ended with uh, the director's battle. And it was a battle between George Lucas. Uh, <laughs> or no, no. It was uh, Steven Spielberg, Alfred Hitchcock. Stanley Kubrick and Michael Bay. Oh my God. And it, have you seen that one? No, I haven't. Oh, it is a brilliant. I'll have to check it out. It is really, really funny. So, uh, definitely check that out too. Uh, actually, our last three pieces of news are all tied in and they're all dealing with Vin Diesel. I like Vin Diesel. You know, it's, he's one of those guys that you just. I like Vin Diesel and I like Dwayne the Rock Johnson. I said it on the mic. Okay. Segue here. I saw the funniest <laughs> meme the other day. And it said uh, that all that size is all relative. Okay. Right? And it, so the first picture was Vin Diesel. And he goes, this guy's huge, right? Because he's all buffed, right? Yeah. But then it shows him sitting next to The Rock. Who's <laughs> a monster. And he goes, Rock is huge. But then it shows The Rock standing uh, next to Shaquille O'Neal. 
Oh God. And <laughs> Shaquille O'Neal is a living giant. Huge, right? <laughs> and you're thinking, okay, Shaquille O'Neal's like the biggest man ever. And then it shows him standing next to Yao Ming. Oh God. <laughs> who towers over Shaquille. It was just like the funniest thing about how all sizes are relative. Right, right. Anyway, I think it, I think it would have been most brilliant if it went back and had Yao Ming standing next to Vin Diesel oh, to yeah. see what the size differential would be. Yeah, that would be good. Um, so, anyways, uh, the Pacifier Two, which I loved the original Pacifier, I thought it was hilarious. I never saw it. Um, it is really funny because you get to see him being a, a nanny, but he's also a CIA agent. It's really kind I of. I think funny. that's why I didn't see it. Um, but that's being written. Pacifier Two. We we are already know that uh, Vin Diesel loves universes. And he's really trying to to get Riddick going to the next level. And so the next Riddick movie will actually be an origin story. Really nice. So hopefully we'll see how he got the the, the, corn, yeah, the corneal implants and stuff. Yeah, that'll be, that, like I said, out of all of what he has done, like, you know, I like Fast and Furious just fine. But Riddick, Pitch, Riddick Pitch is, Black is yeah. phenomenal. And, and for me, Pitch Black is, you know, that universe is my favorite for him for sure and you know what's so funny is a lot of people forget that he's actually a decent actor no he is because you know he's pretty much been pigeonholed into riddick and and toretto right right but um, dominic yeah but people forget he was in saving private ryan he was in boiler room yes you know he's done some really good stuff exactly um also it looks like uh that uh vin diesel signed a first look deal with universal television and it looks like that we might be getting a riddick tv show Oh, I would eat that up. Um, As Kevin Smith says, something, something, take my money. Exactly. Uh, I think it would be hard to have a Riddick show on TV. Um, oh, HBO or a Netflix series. I think Netflix would be the way Amazon to go. Amazon you know, or Hulu's Netflix, been doing Hulu, stuff too. Amazon. Any of those streaming yeah. services, I think, would be the way to go. Um, or else go to Showtime, mm. HBO type stuff. I think it's a little bit more Showtime, less HBO. Showtime's still a thing? Um, yeah, well, they're still doing, um, I hate you. <laughs> uh, so, so that's it for our news. Uh, we're going to be talking, I've got one movie I want to talk about. You've got one movie I want to talk about. Indeed. And then I've got some documentaries I want to talk about, but, Sweet. uh, I'll start with the Martian. I finally saw it this week. And I meant to see it before we recorded and didn't. And it blew me away. Yeah. Matt Damon was phenomenal. The, the entire cast was great. Um, it was really kind of interesting because it, it had Kate Mara in it, who was, you know, the invisible, uh, oh, woman yeah. in Fantastic Four, but it also had um, Sebastian Stan, who plays um, the Winter Soldier, Bucky Barnes. Oh, Bucky Barnes. Yep. Totally. And so nice. they were in it, and uh, so it's kind of cool to see a little Marvel in there. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, it's definitely on my list. I have it all ready to go. I but it yeah, it had Matt Damon, it had uh, Tuatha Ojia for it had Jeff Daniels, it has uh, uh, Bryce Dallas Howard, you yeah. know. Not Bryce, not Bryce Dallas Howard, Jessica uh, Chastain. Sorry. Okay. And uh, just, it was really, really well done. Um, Ridley Scott yeah, did he's... a great job. It was great seeing him to go back into space. And, uh, you know, he's going to be coming back into space because he's going to be doing another Aliens movie. All right. That's what I've been hearing. You know, people are pretty amped about that. Seeing seeing him do this and then knowing another Aliens coming. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that's exciting. I just, I, I highly recommend it. It was well done. Um, yeah, maybe once we both see it, maybe next time we record, we can talk about it a little more with spoilers. Because it just kind of came out on video, didn't it? Recently? Fairly recently? Uh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, I, I I can't wait to see it. It's one of those ones where I have to really be able to sit down and do it. And, yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm excited. So, um, All right. Then uh, what's the movie you want to talk about? Uh, look, mine's actually not a movie. It's a mm, documentary is i guess the best way to put it most people have seen supersize me uh right and that is essentially a guy who you know eats mcdonald's every day and and sees what happens to his body um and in in the wake of the you know obesity epidemic and the food culture of our our society and and how american food is leaking out into the rest of the world it's a unit i teach with my students that um i love and it's something i'm somewhat passionate about and, um, this, you tied into, Orwell, I tied into right? 1984. Right. I tied into big dad. I tied, tied into, uh, you know, social media, big dad. uh, big data, um, oh, big data, yeah, big data. um, <laughs> big dad would be funny. Uh, I tied into big data. I, so I do this unit where it's, uh, 1984. I teach the novel. We talk about, um, social media and, uh, big data and advertising. And then I tie that into, uh, where we're at food wise as a culture and, and I kind of wrap all these things into one thing and the underlying issue with our food culture right now is sugar. 
and that is something. Oh, absolutely. And that is something. High fructose corn syrup. It's well, but I mean, you know, it's that plus just the way we're making food. It's excuse me. It's it's definitely something that I, I, I think is really important, and I'm trying to teach seniors before they go out of the world and go to college and start figuring out like, you know, should I eat this, this or this, or can I eat this and still afford to buy my books and stuff like that. And so before they realize they can buy packs of ramen for 29 cents. Exactly. And so the, the cool thing about this film is it's, it takes that super size me idea and it takes a guy who's been eating really, really healthy uh, for a few years and no, you know, extra sugar and stuff like that. And then goes on a typical American diet for, uh, two months and to see what his body goes through. But the way it's shot, um, there's, uh, he's Australian <laughs> and the way it's shot, uh, he goes to a, um, indigenous, tri- uh, tribal area, tribal community, uh, indigenous community in, uh, Australia. He goes all over, he goes, eventually ends up in America, of course. And, um, he, he only sets out to eat 40 grams of sugar a day, which, you know, a lot of people do within their first meal in the morning. And, uh, it's really, really, really interesting to see what happens to his body, see what happens to him psychologically, mood wise, and all this stuff. It's definitely worth checking out. It's on, um, it's on Amazon. If you have Amazon, uh, instant video for free. Uh, cool. and it's, it's phenomenal. It's really good. I've watched it twice now and I'm going to show it to my kids this year. So maybe we'll come back and talk about it, um, after they see it. Awesome. Yeah. I'll so, definitely be, uh, be checking that one out. Yeah. It's very good. Um, the, the series of documentaries I want to talk about has actually been around for a few years. Uh, I believe it started in 2011. Um, and it's the ESPN films documentaries called 30 for 30. And it originally started off because, uh, uh, 2011 was the 30th anniversary of ESPN because it started in 1981. Yep. Um, and so what they did is they got 30 well-known directors to cover 30 stories that were uh, vitally important over the last 30 years. And it focused on, you know, um, like Peter Berg, who's one of my favorite directors. He did, uh, um, uh, The Kingdom. Okay. Um, he did the very first one. It was called King's Ransom. And it was about the, uh, LA Kings purchasing the contract of Wayne Gretzky from the Edmonton Oilers. Nice. And everything that had that with the fallout and, uh, popularizing hockey in Southern California, stuff like that. Um, well, they are, uh, now into their third season. They're currently running it. And they've got some great, uh, great ones. I just want to talk about a couple that I saw uh, recently. Uh, Trojan War about the USC uh, scandal with Reggie Bush and oh, and Pete Carroll yeah, yeah. and everything there. That was really good. Uh, one of my favorites was one called Angry Sky, which uh, if you remember a few years ago, the guy who jumped out of the space balloon for Red Bull, yeah, he broke the record yeah. For, for yeah. Well, this is about the record he broke. Um, goes back to the sixties. And it's, oh, really? yeah, and this, it turns out this guy that was also trying to break the record back in the sixties, um, was just some guy from Queens or Queens or Brooklyn. I can't remember. Um, but he was just a guy who loved challenges. Wow. And so like he, like you find out that, you know, he saw that, um, there was a cliff on, uh, on, uh, some waterfall in South America that nobody had ever climbed before. <laughs> and so he's like, I'm going to do it. So he, wow. he, he got his, a couple of his buddies and he didn't tell them that nobody had ever done this before, but he just went down to his hardware store, bought a coil of rope and, uh, and they were going up in like almost regular shoes and everything. And they, they did it. They were the first people ever to climb the rock face of that oh thing. And so this guy was just a, an, an incredible guy. And so it was really brilliant to kind of look about how he's trying to do this on a shoestring budget. I mean, it's right. not like he had Red Bull sponsoring him like right, this right, other right. guy did. And he's basically like trying to do this in a styrofoam container and all it's really, really brilliantly yeah. done. Cool. Um, so yeah, check out Angry Sky. So let those... me, let me throw one more in there. Yeah. Uh, I actually, speaking of teaching, uh, I taught, I'm teaching 11th graders again this year and my colleague and I, uh, teach Into the Wild, uh, mm-hmm. by John Krakauer. And it's, um, it's an amazing book, right. but they did a movie with uh, Sean Penn uh, and, uh, Emile Hirsch. Yeah. And it's, I mean, to say it's good is one thing. Sean Penn in it? Sean Penn directed it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And Emil Hirsch played the guy. Yeah. The guy. Uh, it's, the movie's phenomenal. I hadn't, I had never actually seen it and I watched it with the kids. Right. And I knew it was good and I was like, you know, I had a little time to kill early this week and I'm like, all right, I'll put it on. And, uh, the movie is absolutely phenomenal. If you read the book, it actually, what's interesting about the difference between the book and the film is that the book is more about the author kind of telling us what he found out about him and, right. and finding out about Chris McCandless through all these other eyes. Um, but the film kind of flips that and kind of gets to show us 
what McCandless you know, was going through. What he was going through. Uh, and it's, it's, it's almost like seeing the book from a totally different perspective, which is really, really cool. It's cool. Anytime you can flip perspective on anything you're teaching or that you're already so ingrained in knowing yeah. is always a good thing. And so, you know, that was the conversation I had with my students. I was just like, look, I mean, the major difference is we're now seeing this story now through his eyes and, you know, seeing him suffering at the end and rather than say, oh, we found his body in a, in a van. And it's really interesting. So definitely worth checking out. Um, and actually one little bit of news that I, you know, and this is off the seat of my pants here. And I think I remember seeing it yesterday, um, but we were talking about stuff that you teach and it looks like Ben Mendelssohn. Has been signed on to be part of uh, Spielberg's Ready Player One. Oh, that's awesome. And I, I cannot wait for that to become a thing. Yeah. I mean, you know, I teach that every year. And again, that's another thing. Is that something that ever would have been done if we weren't so ingrained in geek culture now? Right. I mean, and the cool thing about it, and we'll talk more about the 80s with one of these other trailers in a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's what I love about that novel is that it takes place in the future, but it's almost like it takes place in the 80s. Because, right. you know, most of the pop culture references and everything that happens in that novel is all based around the 80s and early 90s. And, you know, that was when we were kids. And I remember all those things and yep. those references. And it's it's so much fun. And I can't wait to see how Spielberg does it. So Yeah, and Spielberg is great. So, yeah, um, but, but the reason, another reason I brought it was Mendelssohn's already uh, part of uh, Rogue One. Right, right. We were so, talking about that. Totally. Um, so now we're on to our trailers. So a few of these are a little bit old because it's been a while since, you know, since before the holidays. So we're going to be uh, playing catch up, but we're going to try to bring you a few uh, little known trailers you probably haven't seen because they're a little bit off the beaten path. But we'll start with uh, some of the biggies. Star Trek Beyond. What do you think? Motorcycles. <laughs> well, it's a Justin Lin movie now, so uh, it looks fast and furious. See, see what I did there? Very well done. <laughs> um, and but yeah, you, know, you could definitely still feel uh, Abrams' handprints all over it because uh, oh yeah, the, the song going the entire movie was. I mean, I mean the yeah, Beastie was Boys sabotaged. going in the back, and you know, it's it, it was a lot of fun watching that trailer. It was a fun trailer. It was very uh, frenetic, and it's, I and I think what I from what I've heard is that. Um, they're getting a little bit of flack for the trailer because, well, from Star Trek fans, obviously, because Star Trek's really not about motorcycles and explosions and stuff. Not so much. Really more about exploration and talking. So I think that's kind of... We'll see how Justin Lin handles this. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Um, all right. What did you think of uh, Independence Day Resurgence? It kind of got me. I watched it again today. It got today. you right here? <laughs> it got me again today. I watched it. We watched it a couple weeks ago, actually. Right. Um, when we were going to do that panel, I think is when it first came out. And, uh, I was watching it again today just to refresh my memory. And once they start spicing in the president's speech. Yes. Uh, from the first movie, I, towards the end, I was getting chills. It was phenomenal. It looked, it looks, it, I, I loved the first film and that speech gets me every single time. And I, I'm stoked for this one. I, you know, it's very rare, very rare you actually remember movie going experiences. I mean, you can remember movies when you saw them, but the experience themselves. I remember I was I went and saw this with my sister Donna at Regal Cinemas up in Washington. Okay. And uh, we walked out of the cinema. It was middle of the day because we went and saw a matinee. And we, the first thing we did, we both looked up to the sky. <laughs> and we said, we could go see this again right now. Yeah, you know it's 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 a it's a such a good story, and you know I'm one I'm I'm one of those people I have no problem saying that I love the Roland Emmerich and Dean Devlin uh, movies. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, Stargate, Independence Day, The Patriot. Uh, I'll <laughs> forgive them for Godzilla. Oh, yeah. Um, they they're not the guys who did uh, Armageddon, right? No, Were that's they? Michael Bay. That's Bay. Okay. Um, See, that's the one I like from him. But. I like that movie. Armageddon was written by J.J. Abrams. Oh, yes, yes, totally. Um, we'll but talk no, more about him in a minute. But uh, Emmerich and Devlin also did uh, the Librarian series on TNT. Okay. Both the movies and the TV show. Um, they also did Day After Tomorrow, uh, oh, cool. 2012. Uh, you know, they're big budget type movies. Cool. So I like them. I yeah. mean, I have no problem admitting that I like their popcorn fluff. No, I'm, I'm, I love going to the movies and being entertained, so I'm in. Yeah, exactly. And actually, I can go back to the first time I saw Stargate. My brother was managing a big, was managing the Fremont. Okay. So it's this big thousand seat auditorium. And we were watching a sneak preview the night before. So it was about two o'clock in the morning. There was about eight of us in this thousand seat theater. Oh, and this is right after, uh, this is shortly after Jurassic Park, like a year and a half after Jurassic Park. 
uh, or two years after Jurassic Park. So it was all DTS and Dolby Digital and oh, everything. Yeah. It was booming. Yeah, and the very entry, the uh, the opening credit sequence is the camera panning the sarcophagus with the chanting nice, in the background. Nice. And the thing is, it was coming in different channels, and you could just see everybody in the theater was just kind of like looking like, around where oh, it was all going. Weird. Exactly. <laughs> it was really kind of cool. Cool. Um, we have the uh, we got the first trailer for Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Look, I am. How do I say this? Not the biggest Harry Potter fan. No, you're not. Um, I am a huge Harry Potter fan, and so is my wife. And I'm not against this movie whatsoever. In fact, I'm more excited about this movie than I am about any of the previous ones. What I love about this is it takes place in the world, but not directly connected the only direct connection to harry potter himself is that this is based on a textbook that they had right their first year at hogwarts well and i find what i find interesting about this is not only that it takes place in america and new not, york in the 1920s yeah not that i have anything against british people i like british people just fine but what i'm saying is i there's something about it doesn't to me look like the first couple harry potter films where it's little time little kids with wands like that that just always didn't didn't get to me. It got to me a little bit. Yeah. So no, I'm excited is... about this one. It looks like, you know, late teens, early 20s, people doing wizardy things, which I'm down with. Yeah. So basically the whole premise is it follows a guy named uh, Newt Scamander, who is the guy who wrote the book, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, which mm-hmm. is the textbook they deal with. And to kind of even tie it in more, his grandson is actually the person who marries Luna Lovegood. Ultimately. Okay. Um, so, you know, the original Harry Potter movies take place in the 90s. Um, actually the battle of Hogwarts today is, uh, I believe in May of 1997 okay. is when it's supposed to take place. Um, and this takes place in the twenties in New York. Yeah. And the twenties um, are always a great time to oh, place yeah. movies. I, I'm calling it now that, um, I think this has a possibility for being nominated for a costume design for next year. I just oh, have a feeling. That's a good bet. Because having both the wizarding world and the 1920s in New York yeah. represented is going to be brilliantly Hopefully yeah. done. Cool. Uh, I'm going to let you take this next one because oh you are all about let me tell this you. movie. <laughs> okay, so I'm I'm prepping for today and read, you know, watching the excuse me, watching the trailers for today, and I'm like, he never died. I was like, what is this? So I click on it, and okay, so this oh, we have a link in the show notes. The movie's already out. The movie's already out and probably been gone. Uh, it only came out in select theaters. Apparently, it is Henry Rollins. Main character. Right. Most really know because he's a, both a, a, a rock god and also oh, yeah. a spoken word guy. If you yeah. haven't heard any, heard or read any of his spoken word stuff, check it out. The guy is so poetic. No, he's very talented. And I, I've never had an issue with Rollins. I like him a lot. The thing is, I was not prepared for this trailer. No. So- <laughs> seriously. I mean, like, I put it in there because of, like Henry Rollins as a lead. First right. Of all, because he's been in other stuff. I sure. think he was in. He was I remember in, he was in Johnny Mnemonic, I think. Uh, yeah, he was in that, I think, and he was in something else too. But but the, as a lead, and then I was like, uh, and then it's Red Band. So yeah, I always like to watch Red Band trailers because yeah. they're interesting. This trailer, let me just tell you. So it's hard to really even explain the premise, but it, it also is kind of simple, which is weird. So it follows Henry Rollins' character. He's obviously he finds out he has a daughter, and he's moving through the world. The thing is, people are trying to kill him for some reason. We don't really know. But there's a weird, weird twist in the trailer, and I almost don't want to say it, but it, we come to find out at some point he's like puking blood and then eating it, and there's this weird thing happening, and it turns out he's actually Cain. It's a uh, yes, that spoilers. Cain. He, the Cain from the Bible. He's like somebody asked him, "How old are you?" Well, I'm in the Bible, you know. And so it's this idea of Cain living on Earth, and at, towards the end of the trailer, he's saying, "Just let me die." I mean, it looks absolutely ridiculous. I've already acquired it and plan to watch it in the next couple of days. I cannot wait to watch. Yeah, this movie. it's definitely skyrocketed to the top of my to watch movies list. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited. Yeah, so no, I'm definitely that, gonna be checking that. That's out. gonna be sick. All right, let's move on. Um, also, this is kind of in your vein of movies, even though you said it doesn't really mm-hmm, strike it for mm-hmm. you. No, it was the trailer that didn't necessarily do it okay. for me because it doesn't really. Uh, here's the thing. I'm a big. Well, really dis- quick before we get into yeah, it, it's ahead. called High Rise with yeah. Tom Hiddleston. Yeah. Go ahead. And it's a it's clearly a dystopian movie. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's the idea of of inviting people to live. I think it takes place in the 70s. I think. Well, that's what it the the costuming looks like. Right, and so it's inviting people to come to this high rise, live a better life, live in this apartment and be happy. And we have everything. You have a school. You have a a, a grocery store. You almost don't have to leave. 
right? And so to me, it kind of speaks to um, a very 1984 George Orwell kind of like, um, I'm going to get all these people in here and I'm going to control them in some way. And so it looks really cool, but the trailer just was like not quite enough for me, I guess is what I was trying to say. Okay, this is going to be a, a weird kind of pop culture cross-reference. Okay. You know what this, what song was going through my head the entire time I was watching the trailer? What? Uh, Hotel California. Nice. Because <laughs> you can check out, but you, yeah. you check out, check but you in. can never leave. <laughs> you can never leave. So I think, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about the movie. I think it's going to be pretty cool. And I think it's going to be something ultimately I'm going to be able to show my students, I think. Yeah, it might really work well with your, your with, whole With some of my curriculum. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, I, I was a little bit more excited about this next one. It's called Misconduct. Okay. Um, just because, first of all, it has a great cast. Anthony Hopkins, Al Pacino, Josh Duhamel, um, uh, Malin Ackerman, um, who's quietly becoming a good little actress. Yeah, yeah. I still remember the first thing I ever saw her in was Harold and Kumar. Oh God, I had almost no memory of that. It was so long ago. Oh, anyways, but it 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 follows basically a, a up and coming lawyer in a firm run by Pacino. And the the lawyer's played by Demel, and he decides to try to take down somebody because he gets some inside information. He starts going, and then he gets brought into almost a fatal attraction sort of thing going on. Um, it looks like there's a whole bunch of little things all crossing over, and it could be an utter mess. Okay, I'm hoping they can pull it off. <laughs> No, it looks interesting for sure. I'm in. Um, and then the first teaser came out for Fuller House. Okay. I have one concern. Yes. I was a big Full House fan. We watched it. TJF. Why yep. would you not watch it? Exactly. Right? We were kids. Um, if he's still saying cut it out, it's not oh, yeah. 1990. Yeah. If, if, like, come on. Yeah. If Dave Coulier says cut it out, I'm going to be a little disappointed. I am kind of excited. The, the whole storyline is that what it is, is it's DJ. Candace right. Cameron's, who's had a whole rebirth in her career thanks to uh, Dancing with the Stars. Oh, right, right. Um, but basically, she is a widow now, I believe. Uh, her husband has died. And so her and her kids are moving back into the house. Right. So it, we'll see. And look, I've been watching, uh, you know, uh, Girl Meets World. It's one of my favorite shows to watch with the kids. And there's a nostalgia there for sure. And That was also TJ Friday at one point. Exactly. And I, I really... For me, that's one of my favorite shows to watch with the kids outside of Star Wars Rebels. So I, you know, my kids have no experience with Fuller House, but they didn't with uh, Boy Meets World either. So uh, I haven't proposed this one to the wife yet. Uh, we'll see. It's a Netflix thing, though, right? Uh, or is it Hulu? Uh, actually, I think it's Fox. No, I think. Oh it's, no, it is it's, Netflix. It's Netflix. It's Netflix, Netflix original series. Yeah. So that's going to be a binge watch kind of thing. Right. So oh, we'll, absolutely. We'll see how it goes. Um, I'll let you take the lead on this next one. Done. Yes. Whiskey Tango Foxtrot. Okay. So here's the deal. I hadn't seen this trailer till today. Uh, I love Tina Fey. Tina Fey is phenomenal. She's a lot of fun. She can play any role just fine. Uh, this trailer, I had no idea what to expect going into it. It was kind of funny in the beginning, you know, uh, a woman, you know, reporter wanting to kind of get out of her mundane life or whatever takes a, uh, um, I guess a job in Afghanistan. Uh, and it's, insane there's i imagine what's going to end up happening is is yeah it's there's humor there's definitely humor but they're going to be definitely talking about you know there's a moment where one of the women um uh turn her and say cover your head you whore kind of thing and it's just like that's crazy and it's almost like her going in here and it's based on a true story her going in here is going to kind of reinvigorate what it means to be a woman and this kind of stuff and and these societies and i think it's going to be really a lot of fun and hilarious you know what I love is that um, kind of at the same time, both Tina Fey and Kristen Wiig are breaking out of the comedic shells, and they're moving into dramatic fur. It was we were talking about the Martian. I completely but, forgot. To and but they're also still funny. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know? I, I completely forgot to mention that Kristen Wiig was in the Martian, and she was great. But she also had a Girl Most Likely that was out last year. Okay. You know they're starting to go into uh, more, even if they're comedically dramatic um and kristen wig pulls that off that off brilliantly right the the almost tragic comedy aspect so i'm really excited to see where these two actresses go um yeah i i and and on that note like i said i'm this this surprised me this is one of those movies yeah you're like oh okay and then it just hits you yeah and so um I'm really interested to see the drama side of it. Uh, the, the, the humor definitely came through in the trailer, but, um, the, I, again, I think there's going to be some real 
real life, real world stuff that's going to come through, which is going to be fun. Cool. Um, I think I'm more of a horror fan than you are, so mm. I'll take this next one. Um, oh, please. This last, one's weird. Last year, The Conjuring came out with uh, Vera Farmiga, and uh, I can see the guy's face, but I'm drawing a blank. But I love Vera Farmiga. Okay. I've got a serious crush on her. Okay. Um, but it follows the real-life couple um, that are the basis for Amityville Horror, Haunting in Connecticut. They're a real-life uh, uh, spectral uh, investigative team that from the, the 60s and whatnot. Um, well, this is, uh, if you remember at the end of the, the Conjuring, the first one, if you, I know you probably didn't see, but that I follows like the story of haunting in Connecticut, but at the end they get a call about checking out something in Amityville. Okay. Which all of was like a little nod to, to their main story, but this next one takes place in, uh, in England. It's called The Conjuring 2, and it looks pretty interesting. What I love about good horror is it's really good practical effects that, Almost make you look around your own room. It's like, what can... Uh, yeah, when crosses start turning. And yeah, there's like... this great scene where there's this little girl laying... Well, first of all, she... she's on the ceiling. She wakes up on the ceiling and she tries to get away and she's tied. With a jump rope. Yeah, which is just weird. But then she ends up on the floor and she looks around and there's like 20 crosses on the wall because they're trying to keep away the evil spirits and they all start turning. And I'm yeah, like, that's oh. ridiculous. It's like such a a basic... Let me just tell you what, buddy. I'm out. <laughs> I'm out on this one. Uh, you see this, let me know how it goes. I'm out. All right. Um, I rarely say that, by the way. You do rarely, I rarely say, that. say that. I'm an easy sell. Uh, you are. Continue. Um, we'll move on to the next one, which is actually a TV uh, miniseries, and it's starring Richard Dreyfus as Bernie Madoff. Mm-hmm. Um, and this actually looks really interesting. It does, um, actually. Because uh, uh, it's got Madoff, and I'm drawing a blank on the woman in it. Um, mm, I can't remember right now, but here, here's the thing, though. What's interesting to me about this Madoff deal is I thought it was a trailer from a movie. Right, and, so did I. And when I got to the end, it said, you know, coming to whatever. Uh, ABC. ABC at whatever time. And what I thought was really – so it's it's definitely going to be at least a miniseries, right? Or do we know for sure? Or I, I don't think it's going to be a full-blown TV series. But no, it's definitely so. going to be more be than one episode. Thing. I'm guessing three yeah. or four. Um, and it's Blythe Danner. Okay. Uh, who uh, plays uh, his wife. But it's also got Lewis Black and Charles yeah. Roden. So, you know, great cast. It's going to be fun. Um, yeah, I'm really excited about it. Frank Whaley is in it, who played, um, uh, he was in JFK. Yeah. Um, Peter Scolari, who is Tom Hanks. Uh, really good friend. He was in Booze and Buddies. Um, yeah, so really good cast. I'm excited about that. Cool. Um, you're the Stephen King expert in our, uh, in our little group, so I'll let you take that. I could be considered such. Yeah, uh, here's the deal. Uh, this one's called 112263. There's not much here. Um, but I know this is a collaboration between, uh, Stephen King, one of my personal heroes, and J.J. Abrams, one of my new personal heroes. And here, uh, the, really the, the crux of the trailer is there's a dark room, there's a door, and there's a man standing there, and someone off camera is saying, you know, you go through that door and it takes you to 1960 and we want you to prevent the, the assassination of JFK. And Which it's happened like, on November 22nd, 1963. Right. And so I don't know much more about it than this, but I love the collaboration and I, you know, Stephen King, um, you, you never know where he's going to go. So I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, I don't know what J.J. Abrams role is necessarily. If he's coming as a writer, director, I'm not sure, but it's going to be I think cool. he's a producer on it. Okay. But anyway, it's going to be great. Uh, but also who was the guy in the room? Oh, I didn't catch. I didn't catch the guy. James Franco. Oh, it was Franco, wasn't it? Yes. Okay. Yeah, it was kind of hard to see in the trailer when I watched it earlier, but yeah. Okay. Yeah, Franco. I like Franco. All right. Now we're on to the thing in the list that I am the most apprehensive about. <laughs> and I actually am about to put this on my list of things that maybe the kids want to watch with me. Oh, absolutely. And it's, it's definitely geared to its kid. It's a the next in a series of things of the Lion King. It's yeah. called the Lion Guard, and it follows Simba's son. Yeah, and it looks like basically he's a little tough, and he's with his yeah, friends. He's got like a, a spiked mohawk or something. Yeah, he's got a little tat, it looked like, too, on his shoulder. And uh, it looked like he's just trying to prevent things from coming into the valley or something. I mean, it's definitely a kid's show, but I think what's interesting about it is that um, Disney is still going back, and we've talked about this a lot of times, going back and tapping into that well of like, what have we done? What can we spin off and do with more? 
kind of thing. Like going back and doing, you know, we we've got all these live action versions of their old, you know, musicals and stuff like that. Jungle I mean, Book. Yeah, what else are we gonna have? You know, and I think this is, I think it's interesting. And um, we'll but see. on the other I'll hand, they also come out with such great new fare like Inside Out oh, from yeah. Pixar. Mona uh, just oh, yeah. had its first images released this week. Yep. Um, I had something in there about that too, but we had already kind of talked about that the other day. Yeah. So but, uh, the other thing, you know, and and things like Phineas and Ferb and oh, stuff absolutely. like that. I mean, I'm not sliding the Lion Guard, but it's not. You know, I don't think it's going to be the next Phineas and Ferb for me and my family. But at the no, same but it's time, definitely going to be one of those things where it's familiar characters for sure. Um, and actually, you know, it's uh, I've been talking about this uh, this new guy that I follow on YouTube, um, and it's called uh, Belated Media. And uh, a couple of episodes ago, I talked about how he was uh, the guy who did uh, What If Everything, or What If oh, yeah. Episode 1, 2, and 3 were good. Well, he did his review of, uh, of Force Awakens. At the very end, he put a little snippet, because he went with the third time he went to see it, he went to go see it with his mom. Yeah. And his mom's a huge Star Wars fan from the old days. Like, okay. she's original trilogy. Old school, okay. And she's like, well, what was the best thing about it? She goes, well, it was like an old friend. It was like, an, you know... Is like, you know, and I'm old, you need old friends. Yeah. And uh, that's really what we're getting with a lot of the stuff lately. We're getting Star Wars, we're getting Jurassic Park, we're getting uh Lion King, we're getting Boy Meets World. And you can and you can obviously make the argument that it is going that it's a money grab of sorts because you're gonna you have such a wider audience, but at the same time, like you said, or like she said, we need old friends. Yes. Like there was a reason that I'm going to go back again this week and see The Force Awakens for the third time before it leaves my theaters because it is it's something that I something that's comfortable. Yes. And that's something that um is new at the same time. Absolutely. So, um speaking of new. Yeah, I'm segue. You, yeah, you do this next one. Daredevil season 2. Dude. Okay, so the way they did this, this is just a teaser, but yeah, but the way they did this teaser is phenomenal. So, you know, obviously Daredevil is rooted in Catholicism and it, it's showing images as if they were, uh, stained glass or paintings in a cathedral style thing. And it's, and very stations of the cross. Exactly. It's taking clips from the uh, past season and talking about it. So when it shows, uh, um, uh, Kingpin. Kingpin, uh, he talks about, uh, cleansing the city and stuff like that. The, the way they did it was really cool. And then so at the end, they pull out and you see this basically in the back of a church where it's almost like a big living a big painting. Fresco. Yeah, that's the word. Okay. Fresco. And it's, it's beautiful. And the voiceover is great. And it's a teaser. But at the same time, I'm bummed I got to wait till March for season two of this, dude, because I, I love Daredevil. It's so good. What was the one thing missing, though? Oh. um Any reference to the Punisher? Yeah. Well, they didn't mention any villains except for the one. Well, thing is, Punisher's I guess not that a was, villain. That's true, too. He's an anti-hero. anti-hero. Well, let's not get into all that. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Um, although, at the very end, when it's panned back and you see the whole fresco and all the stained glass, the glass on the right side of the, the right. chapel shatters. Oh, and the one thing we didn't mention is he's he's basically he's at confession. As yes. he's saying these things and he's talking Which about. Which is one of my favorite parts of the whole first season. Exactly. And so, um, it's, I think it's going to be familiar, but also, uh, very new and awesome at the same time. So yes. I'm excited about Daredevil. All right. Now I think my favorite thing <laughs> on the entire list for this week is, cause I'm a huge Linklater fan. I've, I've seen Days and Confused, um, at least a hundred times. Yeah. I mean, I remember the, I, I was living, I was living in LA when, um, Days of Confused came out on video. And I was working at a video store, so I bought the video. Yeah. I went home, and I just moved into my new apartment, and I was fixing everything up. I watched it three straight times. <laughs> I used to just have it on. Seriously. Just, just turn it on and just run it in the background. It is brilliantly written. Um, I mean, Kevin Smith constantly says that Linklater Slacker... Uh, oh, that was his inspiration for Inspired his career. Yeah. Um, you know, he also did Boyhood, which just came out. I never did see that. Um, last year won some Oscars. It's he's such a brilliant filmmaker. And then they, you know, I, I just finished my media arts and technologies degree, at Cal Poly. Yeah. One of my filmmaking teachers went to University of Texas at Austin with Linklater. They went wow. through the film program so there crazy. together, and it was Linklater and and uh, um, my my uh, my professor and uh, Matthew McConaughey and Renee Zellweger. Robert well, Rodriguez. To be around. <laughs> yeah, Rodriguez was in there. It was like oh, this whole crazy. group in the early 80s went through the UTA uh, film studies program. So really interesting. But this one basically takes place around a baseball team. 
Oh, yeah. At a college in the 80s. And it's basically the spiritual sequel to Days Confused. But it's like, you know, as if it was a, a similar story was going to happen in the 80s. Yeah. And uh, I'm excited about this, man. I really, really am. And it's called Everybody Wants Some. And So uh, you can tell there's going to be a lot of Van Halen in the soundtrack. Oh, yeah. And it's... um. I, I don't know. It, it definitely, especially towards the end when they had the group of kids sitting around, uh, you know, getting stoned and, and having conversations. It, it's very much that particular scene took me back to, to Days and Confused for sure. So that oh, was absolutely. pretty cool. Okay. One of my favorite things is when, um, <laughs> this is ridiculous. When parody trailers are made. <laughs> and so College Humor, uh, decided to do a parody trailer for Dora the Explorer. As if it was National Gun- Treasure, Laura Croft sort of action movie. Like an actual movie? And, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it had, uh, and it, the person who was playing Dora was, uh, oh, uh, she plays the younger sister on uh, Modern Family. Yeah, I don't know. I, I Ari- don't Ariel Winter, I think, is her name. Okay. Um, so it was really funny. Um, and so basically it just follows Dora. And so like the, you know, some of the things, if you ever watched Dora with your kids or nieces or nephews or As if I you did. did when you were a kid and it was all about, you know, Dora would all of a sudden look at the camera and <laughs> translate for you. Or that if means, you're, that means this in Spanish. Yeah. Or here. Do you see, do you see the swiper? Do you see swiper? And <laughs> what I he? love is there's a scene where she's <laughs> looking at the camera saying, do you see swiper? And she's right, he's right behind her. And homeboy's there with a gun and like, yeah, he's behind you. <laughs> Diego is this like bad, this badass topless action hero guy no shirt. who's trying to shoot him. Yeah, that's great. And she's like, get out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, I mean, I knew it from the very beginning when you see like this crystal or something and then a shadow moves across and then it disappears and you know it's going to be Swiper and it's just, it's, it's actually quite good. I, yeah. And at the very end, she finally goes, Swiper, no swiping. Definitely do not watch it with your kids. And then you hear Swiper go, oh, <laughs> and my favorite thing is, is the guy who plays Swiper. You never see his face because he's got a mask the whole right. time, but it's Hal Rudnick. Is it really? Who is the guy from Screen Junkies. Oh, my God. So, anyway, great. don't watch it with your kids. I can't stress that enough. They're F-bombs. It's it's not a real thing, okay? No, but so, it is hilarious. quite funny. All right, so DC Legends of Tomorrow Once Chance trailer. So, this is the last thing that I want to throw in here because I'm super amped about this. We are two weeks away now from uh, DC's Legends of Tomorrow. So excited. And, uh, and there's this, in this trailer, um, it's, it's some familiar stuff, but you get to see everybody kind of doing their thing. And, um, what's the, what's the line from, uh, in the beginning? Something about, uh, oh, you get to see, uh, what's the dude that comes from the future? What's his name? Uh, Rip. Rip Hunter. Rip Hunter. So, yeah. so you see Rip Hunter, uh, going in with, uh, what, White Canary, right? right? And <laughs> she, she throws a knife at some chick and he's like, I said no weapons. And then she, and she cuts, like keeps pulling knives out. He's like, "How many knives do you have?" It's I. I just love the fact that there's all these people are going to be in it. The banter is going to be great. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun, and I cannot wait. You get to see uh, Firestorm blow some fool up with fire and um, uh, some witty little uh, quips here and there. So it's it's going to be cool. So definitely check that out. Yeah, I'm very excited about Legends of Tomorrow. I was actually. A little side note here. I was looking into like the history of, of some DC properties and their TV shows and stuff. And there was actually a show from the early 2000s called Birds of Prey. Okay. Which I think we have to watch. It was only, I think, for one or two seasons. Sounds familiar. But it's based around a comic called Birds of Prey that had Black Canary, Oracle. Oh, really? A couple other people. And so you have all these DC properties that we now know and love. I think I might have to go back and watch that and see what's up. Cool. Sounds good. Um, Are we done? Yeah, that's it. Uh, so be sure to join us next time when we review The Revenant, which we're going to go check out tonight. Oh, yeah, for sure. And uh, we'll be... We might taking, talk about The Martian, too, if I see it. We'll talk about The Martian, obviously, because, you know, you're slacking. Oh, well, I'll um, I can. And uh, we'll take a sneak peek at uh, some Oscar contenders that are going to be coming up because uh, we will have the results from the Golden Globes. And uh, by then, hopefully, we'll have the nominees for the Oscars and we will be uh, clarifying our upcoming contest and uh, what's going on. And, and... 
Uh, if you're listening to this, you're a fan of our main show, probably. And we are coming up on our one year episode. Yes, so, we are. Uh, keep that in mind. We actually didn't mention it on the last show, which is weird. weird. Uh, I was editing. I was like, we didn't mention it. So here it is. Uh, we are at the end of this month will be our one year. We put out our first episode on, the, I think, the 31st of January. So it'll be somewhere around there. We'll do our year episode and, uh, hopefully we'll have some cool stuff planned. So yeah, excited. it should be a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, thanks for tuning in to the usual real reviews. We welcome all feedback. So once again, if you have comments or questions, uh, please do you can find us at theusualpodcast.com. Email us at theusualpodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook, Google Plus, Pinterest, Instagram, and Swotor Network. You can reach me at I am Will Griggs on Twitter. Marshall can be found at Darth Pops. We're on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. So please take the time and give us a positive rating. Like us and share us on all the social medias. And don't forget to check out audibletrial.com slash the usual podcast. Get your free book, uh, which right now you should definitely check out The Force Awakens. If you haven't downloaded that and got it for free from us, I don't know what you're doing. And uh, also please go to patreon.com slash the usual podcast and donate a buck or two. And uh, if you donate $10 for four straight uh, episodes, we will send you a care package. Care of Pippi's Longstock. So much stuff. It's so amazing. much stuff. It's amazing. Again, I'm wearing socks from there today, and my feet are cozy. Indeed. Um, so thanks again, and next time we'll see you at the movies. Peace.